Hello, teacher mama. We have a guest today. Her name is Bethany Geddes. She is a highly dynamic, internationally known certified holistic nutritional consultant and real food advocate. Bethany is focused on guiding busy, health-conscious parents to their optimum healthy lifestyle through nutrition while creating a holistic balance. After all, she created her business, Nutritious and Delicious, because she believes a healthy family starts with a healthy parent. I love the name of her company, Nutritious and Delicious. I mean, that is going to be easy for y'all to remember and go Google search after, after this. So, um, you all know that Ashley and I love talking about food and food for our kids and how to use that as fuel to care for our bodies. And so um, we're coming at you with both of these topics today and we're just, we know you're going to love it. Hey, Teacher Mama, welcome to the Teacher Mama's podcast. Do you want to feel rested and have more focus in the classroom and at home? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for motivational quotes, ways to keep students' attention, or creative ways to relieve stress? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel exhausted and inefficient when behaviors continue to show up in the classroom and you find yourself taking work home again? Hey, I'm Ashley. And I'm Roberta. We too felt exhausted and wished for less behaviors and more time to do the things we love outside of school. We wanted to live more energetic and balanced lives and keep work at work. But we kept telling ourselves we didn't have enough time or energy. Until we found some time and stress management strategies that worked for each of us. In this podcast, you're gonna find health, routines, and mindset tips so that you will feel energetic and not exhausted. So go grab your favorite drink, and a notebook and your favorite pen because we're about to dive in. I know you're exhausted by the end of the school day. I know when you get home, you've given everything you have to your kids at school and you always seem to have nothing left for your kids at home. I know that behaviors, admin, parents, and maybe even other teachers are draining you. I know that that exhaustion is creating this cycle of bad habits in your life, maybe causing a better mindset about school, snacking on donuts and other treats in the break room, and living on coffee, coming home to plop on the couch and veg on Netflix or pass out while your kids are wondering what's for dinner again. And again, you don't have the answer because you've been so exhausted you can barely make it to the store, let alone plan a meal. I see you. I've been you, and I want you to stop thinking that it's normal to live life like this. We were not placed in this teacher position to give all of ourselves away and drain our own soul in the process. You want to have energy at the end of the day. You want to focus and be efficient with your planning periods so that you can go home at night knowing it's okay that you took that teacher hat off. You want to spend quality time connecting with your family at night. You want to be able to separate work from home so you can start doing the things you love again, like gardening, yoga, dancing, singing, or playing an instrument, camping, going, go shopping or bake, or just laugh with friends and coworkers outside of school. You can start to have all this when we sit down in a coaching session together to look at your routines and habits during your most distracting prep period. This is where it starts. 
Let's get this one part of your day under control so you can start to feel like you have a little more control over your life. Go to bit.ly forward slash planning period coaching to sign up for a 25 minute time slot with Roberta and I right now so that you can start to become that you that you want to be again. That's bit.ly forward slash planning period coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Hey, Bethany. So, all right, we we just went through the intro with our listeners, and but we want you to tell us a little bit more about who you are and why you're doing what you're doing right now with your company. Definitely. So um, my name is Bethany Geddes. Um, I started out working as a nurse in the diet and health industry. Um, I did this before I had my two sons. So I did that for about five years. What I noticed was I wasn't really helping people long-term. Um, I found a lot of people were perpetually coming back in and they were actually gaining more weight every year. So I actually got, got to see them get bigger and bigger, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of it came down to sort of the mindset around eating. And there was a huge component in the diet industry that was lacking. Um, obviously, now I realize why it's a billion-dollar industry. Um, but it, I actually, the reason why I got into nutrition in the first place is I actually wanted to help people because I was really um, intrigued by sort of like mental health and eating and helping people get better with their families as well. So while I was actually working there, I went back and got my nutrition diploma and I decided I wanted to work for myself. Um, and I opened up Nutritious and Delicious when my first son was born. Um, and it didn't really hit off the ground, I guess, Um until sort of I had something in my life that was huge. Um, I had lost my husband, unfortunately, um, and my sons were three and five at the time. So I really had to become the breadwinner overnight. And this is where I wanted to help other families and get better and healthier because I went on a huge road myself um, and just basically taught myself all these things that I've, I've learned over the years. So this is where Nutritious and Delicious now is helping lots of um, families become healthier and happier. And it usually starts with the parents. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, and we're so pumped that you're here. I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, we're also pumped about this uh, freebie that you have for our listeners. I looked over it and I'm actually really excited to go through it with my my own picky eater. He has some allergies as well, but there were things on there, even with his allergy, that are completely um, feasible that I think he would actually eat. And he's like one of the pickiest, I feel like eaters out there. So I'm really excited to share that uh, with our listeners. So um, I a funny thing, side mention is we think this would be great for um, picky eater husbands as well. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's a lot of those. It's yeah. usually and that's where mom struggles, I find as well. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. It's a little bit harder um my husband I is go down a tangent <laughs> yeah I feel like I could go on a tangent but I won't I'll, yeah. I'll stay on topic um so but Ashley and I are both very used to having picky eaters in our house and we've done a lot to combat it here we've talked about a few strategies but we would love to hear what you suggest for picky eaters definitely picky eaters it's typically this is where I have moms typically come to me um so I usually have kind of two sets of clients one is usually they come to me because they want to lose weight and then typically it's not weight I want to focus on. I usually want to focus on healthy eating and healthy habits and everything. With that, usually they have health 
implications that I need to go through with them first because it might actually not be something that they can feasibly eat and they're trying to do this like keto thing or something that's a trend. Mm-hmm. Um, the other type of clients I get are the um, ones where the moms come to me and their kids or their husbands are the picky eaters. And they're kind of like, I have no idea what to make for dinner. I basically eat this way. They eat this way. And I make like two to three different meals, like every time I make dinner and I'm like, how are you doing this? Like, this is ridiculous. Um, Most people struggle to make one meal. (laughs) So I think like children actually are easier (laughs) to be honest, to help with um, picky eaters because their habits aren't that ingrained yet. So typically Mm -hmm. with children, um, how I kind of did this with my boys. So my boys have always eaten like fruits and vegetables and stuff from an early age. Um, Even, you know, even starting them with like, even just the simple things of like baby jar food, they always say like, start with the vegetables Mm -hmm. first, because if you give them the fruit, they don't want the vegetables, right? Because it's sweet. So it's like, they instantly like, oh, I want this sugar. It's better than the vegetables, right? So that's kind of like a trick. If you, if you've kind of got like a little baby, start them with the vegetables, if you can, um, babies and toddlers, typically, um, if they're at like an age where they can eat solids, they usually want what you're eating. So this is how I kind of introduced my boys, um, early on is that I was eating something and it usually had, uh, vegetables in it and they would kind of just grab my spoon and eat off it. I'm like, okay, I guess you're eating my dinner too, you know? And that was kind of how they sort of started. And, um, you know, they kind of just give me that look of like, not sure if they liked it or not. Sometimes it can be a texture thing. So it might not always be the food itself. Um, this is where it could be just like kids will say like, it's too mushy or it's too hard. I don't like it. Um, or they're kind of like, it's yucky and they take it out their mouth. Sometimes that's just a texture thing and it could just be trying to cook it a different way. Um, I find with vegetables, like for my boys, if I roast vegetables, it brings out more of the natural sugary flavor um, within the vegetable. So it actually tastes sweeter a little bit on the outside versus like boiling them. And it's like boring kind of thing. So, or mashing them into food. That's another way of kind of getting them in there. Um, vegetables, another way people usually get vegetables in for little, little kids is like smoothies. And that's something I started at an early age with my boys is that I would make myself, um, a smoothie and then I would add like some kale in there or something for them. And they had no idea. Um, Mm -hmm. you could do that with tomato sauce as well. Like your pastas, um, even like if you can kind of get it a little bit into like pizza sauce, um, that's usually pretty handy for like young, young kids too. Typically with little kids, like toddler sort of age to kind of like preschool, I would usually suggest like putting maybe one or two like new vegetables on their plate. And I mean like a stick, like a vegetable, just to try to get them to, to try it. And that was usually kind of the thing in um, our house is that I just want you to try it. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. So I'm not sitting there like forcing them to eat it. Cause I think a lot of us have kind of grown up with these uh, notions around food that like you have to clean your plate. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of guilt around food and things like that. And it's created so many bad habits for adults. And then we pass this on to our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be like an expense thing where you're like, I've just spent all this money or I've made all this food and nobody likes it. Um, usually with the little, little kids, I, I would suggest try not to sort of combine too many things together 
Um, if you know that they're not going to eat it, like say you've made a big giant meal, sometimes it's just like there's one vegetable in there and they won't eat the entire meal because of it. Right. So what I usually advise on that one is you're still making the dinner. I would separate some of their food and give them sort of the basic of the food and then maybe add a little bit that they can sort of put in themselves. Um, because you could end up making a whole big dinner and you put mushrooms or tomatoes in there and they're like, I hate those and they don't want to eat it. And that's where you're like, why do I even bother? <laughs> you know, and you try, right? I would say kind of school-aged children. Um, if you can kind of get them a bit younger, uh, it's it's a little bit easier. If they're kind of at that age now where, you know, they're trying new vegetables. It's usually vegetables that kids are on protein, actually, that kids are avoiding um, mostly. Um they're going to have certain items that they're not going to eat. And I would just say like, for now, give it six months and rotate vegetables. So like, try them again, like just try it again in like six months. If they don't like it, you know, try them again in another six months. And it's just sometimes, like I said, it depends, like they could be raw, they could be uncooked, like they might like them roasted, they might like them baked, it might be better hidden in something. So there's kind of ways of cooking it too. Um, Flavor is a big one. So this is where like school age kids put lots of dips out and have them like eat veggies with dips or um, dinners with sauces and stuff because A, it can mask it and give it a bit more flavor. Um, And B, it kind of gives them a bit of feeling of control. And this is another one that is an issue at the table, control. So if you've made a dinner and then, you know, the kids are like, I don't want any vegetables or like, I'm just good with, you know, the car, usually carbohydrates is that they're pretty big on. Um, <laughs> usually I would suggest, okay, like we're all going to eat, we're all going to try it, you know, um, have a little bit of at least, but sometimes like I had this with my eldest once and it only happened once for some reason, but he didn't eat for three days straight. And I think he was a toddler at the time. And I, I thought he was sick and I'm like, there's something like wrong with him what is going on like usually everything I put in front of him but um the first day I gave him food you know his normal food Cheerios and he probably had like some healthy cheese and crackers and uh, veggies and things like that and he just would put like push it aside and every time I took the plate away he'd scream and I'm like okay this is weird I ended up looking it up um same with dinner everything he just sat there didn't even take one bite um, it ended up being a bit of a control issue where like, I think he just wanted to have the control of like not being able to eat if he wanted to. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh, it's actually a thing. So what mm-hmm. I did was I just made the food I put in front of him and they said, basically set a timer for 20 minutes. So if they haven't eaten it, they get mm-hmm. down and they're done. And he mm-hmm. caused a big fuss, obviously the first few times I did it with him, but I was like, nope, like mealtime's over. Like, and I just wrapped it up, put it in the fridge and like regave it to him later and, um, you know, he still kind of did it the next day. And he did it for three days in a row. And then finally one morning, I think he was that hungry. He woke up and like ate his breakfast. It was the same breakfast I gave him. He <laughs> ate his same breakfast. So I was like, okay, like there's nothing wrong with him. I think it was just this power struggle. And I'd never said like, you have to eat all this food. I didn't make a fuss about it. So I didn't know where it came from, but kids will do that. They will, they will really test you. So that's kind of the school, like, well, that was the toddler age, but the school age children, it can also be a bit of a power struggle too. And the more you're kind of pushing, the more they're going to resist. So you kind of just have to sort of like drop, drop it, um, and retry again, like another meal. Another good Mm -hmm. suggestion with kids who are picky as well is, um, 
it might just not be the right timing. They might not feel, um, sometimes people just don't feel like eating certain foods at certain times, like, you know, eating a salad, um, during the winter cause it's too cold, you know, or something along those lines. Um, usually I would just wrap some food up and put it away later. I always just wrap it up once. And if they don't eat it at me, like I usually garbage it, but giving them a smaller portion as well will really help. So that's kind of the smaller things I would say in terms of like making too many dinners, I usually would try and get kids involved. So this is where I would suggest like do it yourself dinners. And this is where like taco night is like a really big one for us or like a pizza night because you kind of just put all the ingredients out and kids actually love this because they feel like they have control over their food. So if you give them kind of like the whole wheat pita and the tomato paste and all that, and you're like, okay, put up, put on your own stuff. You have to at least put like one veggie on there. Um, and then obviously get them to like put some, um, veggies and things like that. And then they feel like they've created something. One tip, um, I had with my, he was three at the time. Um, he would not eat salads and I thought it was more of a choking issue. So I was like, maybe he just feels like he's going to choke every time he eats the lettuce, but it wasn't. Um, what it was, um, was that I was making salad one day and I thought to myself, why don't I just get him to like, actually make the salad with me. And so soon as I did that, he, he gave him like a little blunt knife and he was cutting up the tomatoes, putting all the vegetables in there. And I'm like, okay, what dressing do you want to put in? So he went into the fridge, he grabbed the dressing that he wanted, he put it in. And like, after that, he ate salads. I was like, okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like he just wanted to feel like he could do it. So as soon as I did it for him, he's like, no, no salad. So if that's kind of like a picky thing that you've got with like kiddos, sometimes just getting them to participate in making the food is really helpful. And with that as well, I know this is like where a lot of parents go grocery shopping and they're kind of just like, you know, kids stay in the car, don't touch anything. And I kind of feel the same way with myself where I'm like, stop touching stuff, you know? But if anything, I get them to pick something. I'll say like, okay, can you pick a vegetable for me that you want to try? Or can you pick something? And they usually like that. And they'll try something for the first time because they've picked it. Not because you've told them, <laughs> you know, we're, we're eating this new like eggplant tonight. And they're like, what, what is that? <laughs> you know? So if you're like, go pick a vegetable, hopefully you know how to cook the vegetable and it's not some crazy one, <laughs> but usually that helps. Google, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a few little tips, but we can definitely get into more kind of details too. Yeah. I personally like trying to get my kids to do anything in the kitchen is like beyond frustrating. Like they, they would put their taco stuff together, but I would really love to like actually cook with my kids. So I, um, I'm just wondering, like, do you have any suggestions, uh, to get my kids to want to cook with me? Because I really think it's important. And I even made this comment to Sadie, uh, I was like, how come you don't ever want to cook with me? I'm like, you're, when you get older, you're going to have to learn how to cook in the kitchen. She's like, I'll just learn it then. (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. It depends. So have you ever had them come into the kitchen before, like when they were little? Uh, yeah, we would make, uh, some stuff together and like, especially cause like I have my own garden. And so, you know, we do quite a bit of that, like pull the stuff in from the garden and, um, I've gotten them their own like little chopping knives. So the, the, the little plastic knives, you know, yeah. and that worked for like a day and then they got bored <laughs> with them. 
Okay. The thing is with kids, they don't usually want to do things out of like, um, they usually want to do something that they're, they feel rewarded for, or it's like a pleasant experience. So if mom's stressed out in the kitchen, anything like that, they're going to be like, no thanks. Like if it seems like a chore to them, they're not going to like willingly do it. So um, it sort of depends on like the kids themselves. Like I've got um, one that likes to really cook and will ask me like, can I come and cook with you? And it's kind of the opposite where I'm like, I'm so busy. I'm just like, I'm tired. I just want to like get the food done. And I know it's going to take me longer, but I'm like, you know what? In, in my head, I'm like, if I just give him something to do, he'll, he'll be good. Right. But, um, I have to sometimes be in that mindset. Cause I know like at the end of our day, we're kind of like burnt out and we're like, I just want to get it done and like get in there and just like get it finished. And then they kind of see us and they're like, why is she so stressed out? <laughs> like, and then my eldest sort of is, uh, I remember he said to me once, he's like, I, I like they should like invent robots that like make dinner for people <laughs> or something and I was like that's such a really good idea like you should come up with that because I think he just thought like it looks so stressful from like my angle he's like you must look you must be so like stressed out you know so to him he's not like huge into cooking and if I ask him he'll do it but it's like for him he's like not too thrilled about it now every kid's going to be different some are going to be a little bit more inclined to like the home care taking type of thing. And my youngest, I'd say is kind of that my eldest, I could see he'd probably just order takeout all the time and like um, <laughs> be like someone else could do it for me. Right. You know? So I think it yeah. just depends on the child's personality is one. Um, mm -hmm. But usually when I'm baking and things like they're, they're in there because they want the sugar, obviously they want like yeah. the, good, the goodies after so mm -hmm. um we got them again like you said with the knives and stuff we got them like little aprons like little bear aprons each and stuff and they were super oh, excited about I haven't that. gotten them an apron yet that's a good idea yeah and I think giving them their own stuff actually for my youngest mm -hmm. birthday this year I ended up actually he probably thought I was so weird but I bought him a whole bunch of like baking stuff for like his birthday because he just seemed to really enjoy being in the kitchen so I got him his own little bowl and Star Wars little like spatulas that yeah. were like mini size and he's kind of opening his gift looking at me like why did I get this? But then realize like, oh, it's to like cook with mom and stuff, you know, like, why'd mm -hmm. you get me kitchen utensils and stuff? But yeah, my, my eldest wasn't, wasn't so inclined to do it, but I think he realizes like it is work. Um, and if I ask him to help, he will for sure. Um, but it has to, you sort of have to like incentivize them a little bit. I wouldn't say like, you know, offer them sugar or candy, but um, usually that's where you're like, hey, like you picked this food, like what do you want to eat tonight? So usually I try and like get them involved in maybe a couple of meals a week. And that's something where I'll say like, hey, let's go to the grocery store and like pick something together. And what would you guys kind of like to put together? Because if I'm sort of like dictating everything, they're kind of like, uh, like I want to make this, you know? Um, so they have ideas and I think they want to do them. Um, I think it's just giving them sort of more control and the space. And I think sometimes like for me, I have to remind myself too to step away when they are doing something, as long as it's safe, because again, we're kind of used to like helicopter and like being like, Oh, you're doing it wrong. Or like, you know, spread it this way. And I, I feel back some sort of like, stand, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bad for that too. I'll stand there and like watch them butter some bread and like pull the bread apart. And I'm just like, I could show you the easier way, but I'm trying not to sort of step into because I want them to sort of have that independence and you want to build that confidence in them as well. Right. So, you know, um, 
something I usually get them to do now because mine are eight and ten. Um, I'll ask your guys' ages in a sec because I think I might have some suggestions. But mine are eight and ten, and they're getting to that age where I'm like, you know what, you guys can start to make your own sandwiches. Like I'll put things together, but they're getting to the age where like they know how to use the toaster. Um, they can but like butter and peanut butter um some sandwiches and put some bananas in, and they actually enjoy that. And, you know, I've obviously had to show them sort of the first round of like, don't put like a whole glob of peanut butter in and stuff like you have to sort of spread it evenly and all that. And I kind of give them the once over and show them. And then I'm like, here you go. You guys are, you know, making it for yourself. So I think it helps them feel more independent. But um, Ashley, how old are your kids? So six and eight. And now that you say that, like, so my son will get eggs and my like, scramble them in a bowl put them in a microwave and he'll have scrambled eggs from the microwave and I didn't even like I don't even know I think he watched a YouTube video or something because I want to do that (laughs) Um, and then the other day they came in from swimming and they hadn't had dinner yet and it was we just got home from school they hopped right in the pool because it was super warm and they he was so hungry he made himself Two, before I could even come in the kitchen, he had made himself two sandwiches and put them in the toaster oven and ate both of them in like 10 wow. minutes. <laughs> so like, See, motivated when it's, you know, something that he wants to eat. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> hunger, hunger is a good motivation yeah. because you're really hungry, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think I do need to just like let them be able to pick the meals more often. I'm so used to just like planning out our entire month and like, yeah. this is what it is. And so, Yeah. I would ask their input then if that's the case, because he obviously has like, it sounds like he's interested. Like if he's looking up yeah. stuff on YouTube and like, I'd like to make this panini or something. And you're like, what? More than my daughter. She just like, she wants nothing to do with it. But yeah, him more than her for sure. She'll do, yeah. uh, we made a, a apple crisp together the other day. She got bored after like chopping two apples and then I did the rest. But yeah, it, again, it was sugar incentivized with sugar. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. That's usually my mm. eldest as well. Like he'll start with something, and then I'm like, "Hey, where'd you go?" <laughs> like he's gone yeah. or something. And my my youngest, yeah, is kind of that same one. Is like he's looking up. Like he'll read something out of a book and be like, "We need to make this ketchup spaghetti like dish." And I'm like, "What? Like where'd that come from?" But you know, um, I'm like, maybe not those ingredients, but we'll find something that's better. Um, but that's good. Like, like it sounds like there's creativity there. So I think like let that outlet happen and maybe asking your daughter to like what kind of food she actually wants to eat. Like if it's, even if it's just like a couple of meals a month to start that way and be like, what kind of foods do you guys like? Because I get the whole, like I've been making like the pizza and the tacos and stuff. And when I make certain dishes, they're like, yeah, like, thanks mom. And I'm like, like, why, why are you like thanking me? You know, I think it's because it's what they enjoy more so, yeah. but it also helps Perfect. me because I feel like I don't want to have to put it all together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy if I just put it out and then everyone just sort of helps themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Hers is definitely spaghetti and fettuccine. Those are her, her two meals. Such. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So she's a pretty basic, basic, right? Yeah. Yeah, she is. And she'll, she's really good. Like I introduced a lot of stuff with them when they were younger too. So they are not picky anymore. I'm, she still complains once in a while. Colton's not picky at all, but um, they've, they've definitely grown up with it. So it has, it's gotten really, it's, it's been good. So do you you also versatile your meals as well? Do you keep the same meals or do you like change them over as well? I I change them up. I mean, there's some staples that we have, you know, every month, but I try and introduce new things too. So 
One thing I wanted to point out too, because it's what I've noticed with my boys along the years is that sometimes they have, um, you've mentioned some allergies or um, food intolerances. Um, And sometimes like, I'm pretty sure my eldest is going to end up being like a vegan or something. Just the way he eats. He's very, he's very um, similar taste to myself, even though I'm not a vegan myself, but he's very like protein like he doesn't really like protein when he eats it sometimes he's almost gagging I'm like are you okay and he's like yeah I'm fine I'm like do you not like and I I have to kind of give him more plant-based food like as soon as I make something that's got like quinoa or like chickpeas in it he's gobbling it up and his brother's looking at it like where's the meat and potatoes you know (laughs) so they're very different kids like you'll just realize that like very very different um Roberta how old are yours um I have four and eight and my four-year-old is the one with the allergies so my eight-year-old is not picky at all, and she will help in the kitchen, and she's pretty amazing. And then I've got my four-year-old who's had significant um, issues with allergies, and it's been – it was a long journey of figuring out, oh, it's in – he's yeah. allergic to egg, and even if it's baked in something, still finding out, well, it's in noodles. So he would get sick yeah. after spaghetti. He would get sick after all these things. And so now it's kind of a – we're picky because he's afraid he's going to get sick when he eats. Because we'll right. say, you know, so it's been a long journey um, yeah. with that. And we're getting, we're getting pretty good at it. And he's amazing for being four. He, if he's out and about, he'll, he makes sure he's like, does it have egg in it? And he asks everybody and he's like super good about advocating for himself. But now it's like, yeah. okay, buddy, broccoli does not have egg in it. I right. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty common because it, it's because of his age, he's four. Right. So he just associates yeah. like when I eat something, I'm going to be sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that with my eldest when he, he, I don't know, he had the flu or something one year. And I think he was about that age. He was about five, five or six possibly. And he threw up the carrots, but it wasn't mm. the carrots. He's just because he was sick. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm like, I can't eat carrots now. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, it's not the carrots, but it's just what you threw up was in your stomach, you know? So oh, again, it's that like mentality, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that's that causes that. But um, yeah, my eldest has a, like I'm lactose intolerant myself, but he's actually more severe than I have been. Like I grew up pretty much like on dairy myself. Um, and I didn't really establish a dairy allergy for myself until I was an adult. But my son, I noticed it was about the age of five. He started getting like really bad, like eczema, like skin rashes, um, like runny nose, all that GI issues. And I was like, what the heck is going on? But then there's a huge dairy allergy in our family. And a lot of the times they are like genetically passed down, unfortunately. Um, And if you like, as you know, with egg, dairy is in like everything. Like you check, Mm -hmm. you have to check boxes all the time. And um something that we have to do as well is that like advocate for him because it causes so much like upset. And as you know, like it makes your son sick with the, with the egg, you basically now sort of have to show him every time he goes, we go to buy anything or eat anything. You have to read the ingredients um, Mm -hmm. and kind of eliminate that. And the big one too, that we struggled with as well is advocating with other people. It was almost like people didn't believe us. um, And he would go to somebody's house and come back and be like so sick and complaining of this and that. And I'd have to like retell the same, you know, I ended up just like letting him do it. I was like, you know what, you just have to say something and um, hopefully those people will believe you. And I think eventually it kicked in, but it took a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. And another thing too, is sometimes getting them tested 
like if you can do like an intolerance test or an allergy test um, mm-hmm. and, you know, show it, but it sucks when it is a common allergy, like a wheat, a dairy, an egg or something, because it's in so many items that you have yeah. to be very, very careful. So, yes, yeah, for sure. It is. It's interesting. And I mean, hopefully in my son's case, he, he still has the potential to grow out of it. So, you yeah. know, our fingers, fingers crossed, or at least handle it baked in something, but Right yeah. now we're not, we're not there. We're still very careful. And even the may contain egg stuff we stay away from. And I think he's even like to the point where he can start reading the word egg. Like if That's we're good. show, cause we show him, yeah. we show him labels and like it, it's safe, you know, and stuff like that. So, but, um, well, I can already tell you, I'm going to listen back to this and take notes because uh. you've given us so many great tips. I really, I, ugh, speechless. It's wonderful. Um, but we also, we want to make sure we have a little time to talk about, um, our next question here because we, we have so many teacher moms and it used to be ourselves, but we have so many teacher moms who tell us that, you know, they get through the school day, they get home. And I think nurses are the same too. We've talked to some, um, moms who are nurses and they'll say this exact same thing. They get home, they're so exhausted. There's nothing left in their tank and, the last thing they want to do is cook a meal. And so it's something easy, which a lot of times isn't healthy. And then there's this <laughs> guilt that they have. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, I fed my kids, but it wasn't healthy. And it's not what I wanted to feed them, but it was easy because I had no energy. And it's just like this never ending cycle, it feels like for a lot of people. And so we're hoping we can chat a little bit about that, but also chat about like how we're fueling our bodies as moms, the mm-hmm. food that we're eating ourselves. Like what mm-hmm. is the science behind you know, maybe that we're making that crash worse for ourselves at the end of the day, but yeah. how we're fueling our bodies. This is pretty typical and normal, unfortunately. And it's, it's not the greatest thing because it, it causes a lot of issues. It causes weight gain. It causes depression, fatigue, like stress, everything. Right. So the first thing you got to ask yourself is what you're doing. Is it working? Probably not. You're probably burnt out, crashed out, not eating properly, very much eating off scraps, and surviving off coffee throughout your day to keep you awake and alive. <laughs> so I find that's all where a lot of women, especially will sort of run through their day, kind of eat on the go, not really think about themselves, always feed their kids, but never like properly themselves. The usual one I do recommend to, um, especially stay at home moms is when you're making breakfast, lunches, all that kind of stuff for your kids and you're prepping food for them, add yourself as another kid, like, put yourself another plate out and do that for yourself as well. Because a lot of moms, what we'll do is make a whole bunch of food for the kids, pack it up. And then they're like, Oh, now I don't want to make anything for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's usually yeah. where they hit the drive through and things like that. Right. Um, a couple of quick, easy tips for moms who are sort of like running from appointments to like kids activities to dropping off school and all that kind of stuff. Um, something I do myself as well is I, buy like vegan protein powder shakes. Um, This is really handy because it's instant protein. Um, And I usually drink it with like oat milk or something. Um, I usually am very picky about the flavors. So I've specifically got like three different types that I use. Um, Usually they're gluten-free, dairy-free. And I usually put a scoop of that in and that's like as much as a chicken breast. And then you can bring some like nuts and seeds with you. Um, I would like stay away from anything that's like super high in sugar, like the ones with chocolate or candy or anything like that in it. But I would buy like the, um, salted, like trail mix type of, um, foods 
and a piece of fruit. Like you can just grab an apple, grab a banana pretty quickly. I wouldn't recommend like an orange or something that's like crazy that you have to peel in the car while you're driving. But I would suggest something like that. If you're kind of in a pinch, if you're packing up a lunch, pack something for yourself, because a lot of women do not do that. Um, Even so much as like packing for their husbands or work day or something, they're not doing it for themselves as well. So it's like pack an extra thing for you. Leftovers is key as well as if you are finding that it's like the weekday, you're not having enough like food, I would try and batch as much food as you can possibly do sort of for the week in terms of like having extra leftover meals, whether you can put them like individually in the freezer for like yourself or like in a set of two for you and your partner or the family as like kind of a one pot meal kind of thing. Um, It depends on sort of like your schedule for you. Um, We typically take turns, um, me and my partner now. So we usually like one of us will make dinner and then the next night somebody will also make dinner. So kind of like rotating if you can get someone to help you. Um, Wasn't always the case for me. I was the stay-at-home mom before and I was doing everything. Um, But this is kind of where like a lot of women are working and they're coming home and then they're like, well, now I'm expected to make dinner. This is where it might mean going to more of like, I don't know if you guys have like a higher end grocery store, but we have them here. Um, and it's like a Sunterra. I don't know if you guys even know what that brand is, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's kind of above a Safeway co-op brand um, even higher. Uh, Cause that one's international. So you should know what that one is hopefully. Um, but it's usually above that. They usually do like, um, pre-portioned dinners. And this is things like roast beef dinners, um, salmon dishes. Like you're going to pay a bit more, but if you're in a pinch and you're like driving home, you're like, I do not want to prep a bunch of dinners. Sometimes if you just go and buy something like that, um, it's a lot easier because it's all cooked. It's all done for you. And it tastes really good. And like chefs make it and stuff. Or if you can go to sort of like a, like a healthier place, like a fit, a fit place that maybe does food that's already pre done for you. A lot of the times, um, mom and dads will go and like get things like, um, Costco stuff. And it's like full of like, as you know, Roberta, there's probably eggs and stuff and everything as well. And the milk and cheese. And that's where I struggle because there's dairy and like everything. Um, and especially Mm -hmm. if you have like a celiac at home or something, or like a dairy intolerant person, you're like, well, there goes those options because everything mm-hmm. in a box in the frozen aisle um is usually that that way that's why we go to the higher end ones and we don't do it often but if we're like really tired we will end up doing that and just like getting a bunch of like meatballs and um like homemade like there'll be like salmon and veggies that's already cooked for us and potatoes and stuff and that will last us a few meals but it is a little bit higher of a price and I wouldn't recommend it every day obviously most people end up going does Trader yeah. Joe, do you have a Trader Joe's? We don't you? have Trader Joe's. I've heard of Trader Joe's. Are they more of a higher end? They they are. And I think I've heard on another podcast, someone doing some something similar like that. Cause I was like, oh, that's actually really smart. Cause there's one in the cities. It's an hour and a half away from us. But um, I've thought about doing that. Cause I've tried like the, the meals that, you know, get sent to your house and stuff. And we They're eat harder. a lot of protein and those do not like the portion sizes. And those are so small. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm like having to add in extra protein and then you still have to cook it 
Yeah, <laughs> you know? we so, we tried that too because we got like a sample and it ended up taking us a lot longer to, yeah. to get them done. So I was like, scrap that. I'm not doing that again. But mm-hmm. for me, it just didn't work. And it, I was actually spending more time on it than I would yeah. normally cook. Um, the yep. other one too is one tray meals. So if you can just um, already cut up your protein and veggies when you buy it at the grocery store, so it's ready for you to cook it. So you don't have to kind of do everything the day off. So you've already got it like on a pan ready to go. And it just goes in the oven with the seasonings that you've just put on it. Another mm-hmm. one too is um, crock pot, like crock pot or Instapots are like really handy, um, especially during fall and winter season as well. So hopefully that's a few tips for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I know I will also be going back and, and re-listening and um, making sure that I got those. Uh, I, I really want to get them aprons now and get them in the kitchen more, hopefully, and um, making sure that I am including them in the meal planning process a little bit mm-hmm. more because I'm I'm a little bit dictator over that. <laughs> it's it's probably that more than anything and i started at the grocery store get them just to pick something really simple like a veg a new veggie or something that they'd like yeah they're pretty good with their veggies so that is super nice but i hope that all of our teacher mamas listening got ton of tips um go check out bethany on her website can you give us all of your info um where they can find you and everything Yep. So just basically on my website, everything's there, all the social media stuff. There's actually a few uh, free recipes on there as well. Um, And the website is www.ndelish.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we are going to have all this information. Yeah, we're going to have all this information in the show notes and our freebie from you as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Hey, teacher mama, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and leave a review on Apple podcasts? It lights us up to know this podcast is helping you. Also, please share this with a friend who might need it today. Okay, time to go spend all that extra time we have with our families. No more stressing out over schoolwork that didn't get done before contract time. We'll meet you back here in a couple of days for another episode. Bye. Bye.